Thank you very much. What a beautiful reading. What a beautiful passage. Um, you know, I say that as men were beaten up and left naked. And um, it's still it's a good passage. Here we see Paul in Ephesus still. Ephesus is one of those places Paul's going to spend about three years at. He's going to spend quite a bit of time in Paul in Ephesus. He's um, he starts out in the synagogue, like he follows his pattern. He f- goes to the synagogue, which is the Jewish church at that time. They go to the synagogue, and they're gonna he's going to preach there until, and they're going to accept Jesus and believe in it until people that don't like what his message is and don't like him um, begin to uprise, and they're going to. Uh, run him out, but he doesn't leave Ephesus. In some of the other places, he like leaves the town altogether. He doesn't leave Ephesus. He um, he goes to the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Uh, Paul very well may have been renting this hall from him. Uh, this is a probably a local philosopher who had his own lecture hall, and he's renting it so that he can speak from there and. Um, in this town and spending this whole time, Paul's going to, he loves Ephesus. He's going to spend there uh, long. He'll actually probably write the letter of Corinthians while he's living there in Ephesus. Um, in response to a letter that they write him that we don't have. Wouldn't it be cool if we had both? Um, I'd love that. But um, we don't. We have his letter. And while at Ephesus, Paul is being used by God in such a mighty manner that even stuff he's he sweated on is being used for his glory god's glory you bring the handkerchief that you know you wipe the sweat off your brow with and give it and they're they're being healed it's not unreasonable for people that practice magic at the time to say, hey, we want that magic too. Now, when we think of magic, a lot of times we think of things like, um, you know, car tricks. I saw the woman in half. Um, how fast your bank account dwindles. Um, that is not the magic we're talking about. The magic at this time period would have been things uh, used like amulets, um, which is some ways we use crosses today, which is uh, not necessarily right. But uh, magic was uh, to cure or to cause, depending on which side of the magic spectrum you were on, harm. So you might cure uh, illness that was caused by demons. You might cause that if you were one of the... You, um, so they would use magic to protect your home from the demons and from evil spirits and um, from sudden... Inf- we have like things called like sudden infant death syndrome, which is every parent's worst dream. You, they die and you have no idea why. Well, that was happening back then too. They just believed it was the demons coming to eat their children, uh, steal their children, or goblins, or you know, depending on what society you're in. And they would use magic to protect their children. You'd use magic to make your crops grow. Magic was seen as a a thing not as wrong, but an item sent down to 
mankind by the gods. And the Semitic people, including Judaism, practiced it. There's still forms of magic being used today. Mysticism was a, is a, a, a thing that was around not too long ago in the early 1900s and um, still is very, very widely used. Uh, uh, magic is making a comeback thanks to TV. Um, we have, uh, and so magic was a very real part of life. And the Bible doesn't deny the existence of magic. It says don't use magic. Because magic, the point of magic is that we control things that we ought to leave for God's control. And so it's not surprising that in Ephesus, where magic would have been a big deal, some of the Jewish exorcists come in contact with Paul and they see what he's doing and hear about this preaching of Jesus. And they don't, it doesn't say they believe in Jesus and, and start casting out demons in Jesus' name. What did they say? In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, it means I don't necessarily believe in Jesus, but it's a magic word I want to use. It's a magic word I want to use for my power. Mm. They want to use the new, new name for new power because they believe that names had power, and if you had something's true name, you would have power over it. Unfortunately, sometimes we even use Jesus' name like that today, don't we? I mean, you ever said a prayer in Jesus' name, and just because you threw Jesus on it, you knew it was going to come true? Even the, but when Jesus teaches us to pray, he doesn't say, pray in my name. He says, for thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. Who is he talking to? It's not himself. It's the Father. We pray in Jesus' name. That's a tradition that comes up later. And we sometimes can fall into this trap, too, wanting to use God or Jesus as a magic word to get our fill-in-the-blank. Health, wealth, stuff, the vending machine, maybe the slot machine, Jesus. <laughs> we can fall into this trap, and it could be very well-meaning prayers. If they're outside of God's will, it ain't going to come true, no matter how many times you say Jesus. And these, these men are, are proof. They, you know, Jesus, 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 and, and they're casting out, and it's not working. And they don't have that relationship with Jesus. They don't believe in him. They're not empowered by the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus Christ, to the Father. And they found that demons... Don't listen to just the name of Jesus. Jesus actually wasn't even that uncommon of a name at the time. And so at one point when they're doing this, using Jesus' name as a sword, I'll tell you what, that, that irritates me. I see it happening today. I see it happening in, in history where they use Jesus as a weapon. Wonderful, amazing things have happened in the name of Jesus. Unfortunately, horrible and disgusting things have happened in the name of Jesus too because they use it as a weapon to get their way. 
And these men, they find out that as they're, they're claiming Jesus' name, they're, they're, they, they, at one point, the demon says to them, the adversary says to them, Jesus I know. Paul I know. I don't have a clue who you are. And it wasn't just an issue of fame. It was an issue of fame then they, the demons might actually be hunting Paul because let's gain the fame of killing, you know, the famous one. And they said, I don't know who you are. And then that demon overpowered them and beat them because they didn't have any power. In them there was no light. The good thing about this event, I hate to say that it was good that these people got beat up. We don't like to think of suffering as good. The only good thing we can say that came out of this is that people began to um, see the misuse of the name of Jesus and then openly renounce their magical ways, which in the Greek world, they put a lot of stock in magic. So they would give up a lot of power and wealth. It says they built... Uh, burnt uh, 50,000 uh, 50, uh, pieces of, of silver, 50 drachma, uh, 50,000 drachmas. Um, I read someone did the math. That's about $6 million in today's currency. We're not talking about they burned a few $20 bills. $6 million in turning away from their life. And as we look at this passage, we see some things about demons. We see um, they're not all-knowing. Otherwise, they would have known the people's names, right? We know Jesus. We knew Paul, but we don't know you. The devil's not all-knowing. A lot of times, we'd like to make God and the devil like two battling forces, good and evil war at war in ourselves and at war and like we put the you know they're on the same football team you know this guy's on this side football team they know this 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 football team that's not how it works god and the devil are not equals first john 1 5 and 6 says, and this is the message which we have heard from you and announced to you, that God is the light and there is no darkness in him at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. God is the light in him. There is no darkness. That means there's no darkness in Jesus. There's no darkness in the Holy Spirit. There's no darkness in the Father. God, there is no darkness. Light and darkness are not equals. Darkness is but the absence of light. Light will always win the fight. God is light and there is no darkness because light is not the arc opposite of darkness but darkness is the absence of light 
You ever lit a, a match? The fire doesn't light, cast a shadow. It is light. There's no darkness in it. The only war that's with you is yourself and with the Satan trying to get over you. If you are walking in the light, then you have no fear of the darkness. It's only when we step into the darkness that we have something to worry about. That does not mean that people that are walking in the darkness can't hurt you because we live in a corrupt and fallen world. And in this world, so lacking light, we are to be the bearers of light. We are to spread the kingdom of God. We are to be the ones telling people about the love and the light and the life of Jesus Christ. We are to be living it out with the gifts that God has given you. The Holy Spirit comes and lives within you. The Holy Spirit lives, it says, the Bible says that we are the temple of God, and if God is living in us, there's no room for darkness in us. We are to be walking in the light so much that people see the light of God, and we are to be walking in that path, and we are to be spreading that light. And if we are spreading that light, it's the demons can't say, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but you I don't know. Because if we have the light of Jesus living in us, the Holy Spirit moving in us, they're going to say, oh no. Oh no. I heard a pastor once say, I want to live so great that when I die, the devil rejoices because he's caused too much problems for the kingdom of hell already. That is the life of someone that the devil knows your name. I want to live a life that the devil knows my name. I don't want to say, who are you? I want to say, oh no, there's Ryan. And that's the kind of life that you've been called to. If you are walking in the light of Jesus. Unfortunately, so many of us got backwards. We're kind of walking in the darkness with our hand trying to reach into the light. I'm good. You cannot walk in darkness. You cannot uh, be the the hated one because of your attitude if they hate you let it be because of Jesus Christ we have to be walking in the light and the love and the trust the mercy of Jesus Christ and we fill ourselves with the light that's how you overcome sin it's not by just putting something to death you ever try to clean out a drawer in your kitchen? If you never clean out that junk drawer in your kitchen, just empty it out and wait and see how much long, just try to keep it clean. 
It ain't going to happen. It's going to fill up with junk all over. It might be a completely different set of junk, but it's going to be junk. I know here at the church, every time we clean out a cabinet, it fills back up. I don't even know where it comes from, but it magically fills back up. And that's the same way if you're, if you're not filling your life with the light of Jesus Christ, sin's going to come back and fill it up. That junk is going to fill it up. And so we say we're preaching in the name of Jesus Christ so that they say, Jason, I know who he is. In the name of Jesus, said, Jesus I know, Paul I know. Ray, I know. I want it so known that we know. That we know. That we are known by the, the, the adversary. Because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Using the gifts. He didn't give you those gifts just to make you feel good. Use the gifts he has given. If you don't know your gifts, just start with Romans chapter 12. That's a great place to start. What are the gifts the Holy Spirit have given you? If the Holy Spirit is living in you, he has given you gifts. Now, there may be baby budding gifts because you ain't been using them. And like muscles, you need to stretch them out a bit. But he's given you a gift. Live in that eternal life. Be filled by the Holy Spirit, enabled by the blood of Jesus Christ for the glory of the Father. And live so that the devil knows your name. And we must start there. We must start there. And I'm going to go straight into the Lord's Supper. You guys mind? No, of course not. We get to celebrate... Thanksgiving of the Holy Spirit coming upon us because of the death of Jesus Christ. He says, I must go away, Jesus said, so that the Holy Spirit must come. So the Holy Spirit may come, I have to go away. And so we celebrate the Lord's Supper, which was a time we, we remember Jesus Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection, his life. We remember all that he's done. Because he did it for us. And so we are blessed by the, the, the gift of, the, 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 of, of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And so we remember that as we take up Eucharist, that word that means thanksgiving, communion, Lord's Supper, whatever you want to call it. So we take it up. So if you're joining us online, make sure you, you get your cup out. Get your bread out. It was the last meal before Jesus would be taken away. They took it. They went up to the the um, the upper room, met in secrets because they didn't want to be taken before his time. They go, and they're it's at the Passover time, which means they've got this idea that bread is yeastless because yeast began to represent sin in people's lives. After the Exodus event found all the way back in the book of Exodus. And they say, it represents sin in your life. So they do away with yeast for a spell. And they're going to say, 
And so Jesus says, this bread that's taken, and he breaks it up and he gives it to the disciples. He said, this is my body that's broken for you. What an amazing, wonderful gift it is that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ broken for us so the gift of the Holy Spirit may come upon us. Humbled himself. God humbled himself enough to become flesh for you. That's his mercy. That's his grace. That's an amazing gift. And so he took the bread, he broke it, and he says, when you're thinking of the sinlessness, when you're thinking of the bread of the presence that was found in the temple, when you're thinking of what this bread represents, think of me. Because I'm the one who's broken for you. I'm the one who's given the life presence of God. Oh, Father God, thank you for this bread and what it represents. Father, thank you for this gift, humbling yourself for us in your redemption and your mercy, your plan. Oh, Father, we, we bla- praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, enabled by the Holy Spirit. Take and eat. Then he took the cup. He took the cup and he gave it to his disciples. Now that cup, it represented the blood that was spilt. They took the, uh, a ram, a goat, and they, they cut the blood and the lamb. They put it on their doorpost so that the angel of death would pass over them. And it began, that's why it's called Passover, which is actually coming up the week after Easter uh, this year. They have a different calendar than us. Um, and that Passover, uh, is the angel of death, so that blood represented that the angel of death will pass over them. It also represented they would take the blood of a lamb and they would sprinkle it on the altar to represent our sin being thrown upon the altar and burnt up and cleansed from God. Our sin being cast upon him as his righteousness comes upon us. And Jesus says, you know what all that blood represents? That's my blood. I'm the perfect lamb sacrifice. I'm the one who's going to cover up the punishment of sin. It's my blood that's going to give you the grace and the mercy and the redemption. Father God, thank you for the blood of, your, of Jesus Christ. The gift that covers up our sins. Lord, not so that we can continue sinning, but that we can be transformed by this blood. Thank you for this this gift as we worship you and all that it represents. Forgive us of our sins in those times we've reigned. You help us to put to death those sins. Take them from us and fill us up with your light as we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Take and drink. What an amazing amazing gift Jesus is the gift of the Holy Spirit Jesus isn't we don't need to invoke just the name of Jesus anymore Jesus is doing what he's supposed to be doing where's Jesus at he's in heaven at the right hand throne interceding on our behalf amen he's interceding our behalf Holy Spirit here working upon us amongst us in us 
through us. So we praise God for that, the Holy Spirit moving in us, enabling us through the blood of Jesus Christ to speak straight to the Father. The Holy Spirit leading us through the blood of Jesus Christ uh, to the Father. We're giving glory that we may live our lives for Him. And that's why we're going to turn to 